Good afternoon to all listeners of the NDC Heartbeat Programme in the Tri-Island State of Grenada, which includes Caracol and Pity Martinique and indeed all our dependencies. Our programme time today is from 12 through 1. Today I'm pleased to be your host and my name is Terry Forrester. For today's programme we are pleased to present to you statements from the leadership of the National Democratic Congress regarding the recent proposal aired on GBN Radio Friday morning by your humble servant as to how government and the unions could arrive at an amicable solution to this vexing and long overdue issue regarding the 4% dispute. The heartbeat also took its microphones onto the streets and sought comments from several Grenadians. We will also share with you my recent interview with the GBN on the subject, how we can move the Grenada economy forward. This rebroadcast is being made possible due to public demand. Stay tuned. Very interesting coming up. Drink some ginger, wear your mask, look sanitizer. Squeeze lime in a little honey, add turmeric to boost your immunity. Wear your mask, drink some ginger, wear your mask, look sanitizer. So when you're ready and you feel okay, take your vaccine right away. This has been a public service announcement from the National Democratic Congress. Here now is the statement which I made to the GBN on Friday morning, the To The Point program, regarding how government and the unions can now arrive at a settlement regarding the 4% dispute. Stay tuned. Good morning, Blossom. I wanted to take this opportunity in your open line to submit a proposal regarding the 4% impasse. I know you or at least the folks are concentrating on other matters. But I had this, these thoughts last night, and I wanted to share it with you. And um, I believe it's a solution to the 4% issue. Sure. Because the continued industrial climate has been really allowed to continue for much, much too long. And therefore, it's hurting and damaging the climate of tranquility, harmony, and goodwill in Grenada. Our Prime Minister needs to ask his God to soften his heart, temper his hardness, to ask his Creator to give him humility and to temper his appetite for always wanting to win. Now, this matter is causing serious damages to the lives of young people, families and individuals. The PM needs to understand that his legacy is now. Time is now. Today is your life, it's your legacy and your leadership. He needs to be more flexible and adaptable and understanding for the peace and stability of the nation's children, their parents, and those whom are charged with preparing and molding the minds of the next generation. So here is my proposal, that a roundtable meeting of the minds resume early next week between the unions and the government. That government and the unions agree to a settlement as follows. One, a 2% payment be made at the end of June in cash. The other 2% value 
be rolled over and into a two-year accumulative period of shares per person in Greenlake, to which government will release appropriate shares so as to satisfy the values for that 24-month period per person. Greenlake is now a public company, then let it be so. In other words, if an individual has to get $50 increase, which represents his 2%, let's say, government must agree and the unions must agree that that will be converted into an accumulative sum over a 24-month period and appropriate shares must be issued to them. That will create an almost compulsory saving and investment stock to public servants, something that has never been done in Grenada before. We need to encourage our people to save and to invest in progressive uh, companies that have shown over the years that they have the ability to make serious profits so that they can have something longevity. Their children will have these shares and stocks for a long, long time to come. They have done without it before, and therefore the unions must agree that this is a good initiative for public servants to at least have something where they can earn dividends every quarter or midterm or end of year. Now, and those shares or stock option should also take effect from the same end of June. So although it will be accumulative, when they get that 2% at the end of June, I'm suggesting that the accumulative 24-month shares should also take effect from the end of June. Okay. So the dividend earnings could accrue and by the end of the year. Now, also, if that proposal is, is accepted, then the GUT in particular must also agree to the demands that they made for the nine-day payment, which was docked in 2019, be also converted into shares. So they wouldn't be getting cash. They'd be getting shares in Green Lake. Now, this compromise hopefully should resolve this impasse. And I think this is probably the simplest and easiest way out. Government would not have to put out that extra 2% in cash. They already hold all the majority of stocks, shares in Grand Lake. Let them release some, give it to the workers. The workers earn dividends and get this matter resolved. This is holding back the progress of the country. Okay. Thank you. Here now are statements from the leadership of the National Democratic Congress in response to the statement which I delivered on GBN regarding the possible solution to the 4% dispute between government and the unions. And coming up thereafter would be statements uh, from the general public regarding the said matter. This industrial dispute is definitely going on too long. The government has failed to resolve the matter. The teachers and the other public workers union, they are not um, prepared to accept what government is offering. Um, the fact that government cannot come up with a solution and they are not prepared to succumb to the demands of the workers at this point in time. The fact that the Ministry of Labor could not have resolved, helped in resolving the matter and it now has to go to the Minister of Labor 
I would think that the government should really and truly have a very close look in terms of what Brother Terry is recommending and the fact that they, they promise that they will encourage Grenadians to purchase shares in Grand Lake and they will not keep it in government hands for too long I think this is a very good option that the government should consider and um, they should take into consideration the, the, the headaches and the problems that the industrial dispute is causing among our children in the schools um, um, it's a challenge for the parents um, it's a challenge for our own society um, and therefore government should really and truly look for other options rather than, than taking the highway that they are taking at this point in time Terry, let me compliment you on your thinking it's what I would say a very thoughtful provocative piece that you have unleashed on us, giving us, a, I would say, a great foundation on which we could resolve that industrial dispute between the teachers and the government. It is certainly something that is impacting every parent in this country. If education is interrupted, the nation is interrupted. I think the pillars that you have uh, pointed to, I think they are worthy of a consideration. I would trust that the trade unions and the government in particular give it serious consideration. Um, as you said in the piece, um, encouraging savings, a great thing, just not for the individual, but for the country. And I would think it's a way out. I mean, it's better perhaps for many to have the cash in hand, but there's always tomorrow. I mean, we can't guarantee tomorrow, but if God grant us life and to see tomorrow, it means we can look forward down the road to some money coming from what is a very profitable company, a company that has been well managed by the previous owners. We trust that the government would be equal to the task or even better. But no doubt about it, I think Terry's formula is a solid base. I know at times Prime Minister Mitchell is the thinker and believes that he has all the solutions to every crisis perhaps thinking the best mind in the country, but on this occasion, I think, uh, Terry, you have superseded all of us in terms of your thinking. And I would urge the government to seriously see that as a basis on which it could bring teachers together. Um, I mean, I live in a community that is with ordinary people as myself, and uh, you'll find on a regular basis Parents are wondering, where can I leave my child or what is happening in the school today? As you would know that quite a number of people with the COVID, I mean, they can't afford to pay a babysitter. Um, they depend on the school just not for the education, but for the lunch that is provided. And that interruption is certainly bringing more hardship on people. I don't think the government has done enough to remedy the problem. But Terry, again, full marks to you. I've given the government something that they can pick up and run with. And from my experience, engagement with people, the majority of people I've engaged with on that subject think it's something that has the potential to solve the problem that the government has failed to solve thus far. So I look forward to hearing the discussions from the unions and the government. Good afternoon, Terry. And um, again, it's always a pleasure to be on the Heartbeat program. And I'm thanking you for the invitation to comment on the proposal of yours for resolution of the of the ongoing impasse between government and public workers. 
and teachers in relation to the 4% increment that is contractually owed to them. And I join with the rest of my colleagues in the NDC in endorsing the suggestion that you've made as it is certainly a plausible one that will bring an end to this long outstanding um, matter that is causing a lot of disruption in the lives of the teachers and public workers and of course our students and is really really leaving a sour taste constantly leaving a sour taste in our mouths I particularly am attracted to the suggestion of satisfying that debt owed to the public workers and teachers in Grenada by issuing them with Grenlec shares. As you know, Terry, earlier, very early we said that we would recommend that government does not hold on to the majority shares in that company for too long because the track record of government owning the majority shares in Grenlec is not good and worse yet controlled when controlled by the current Minister of Finance and the current Prime Minister and we are not happy for example with what has recently transpired with the recomposition of the Grenlec board where the board was stacked, recently stacked with sympathizers and supporters of the new National Party. And it is lopsided against any um, persons there with, with experience and knowledge in electricity generation and distribution. So we don't think with the continued ownership by government, things look good. So that in keeping with our early recommendations, when government first announced that it got the funds from some unknown source to reacquire the shares by force, because the court ordered them to do it, um, we did see that these shares should be made available to Grenadians, particularly our young people. And that mechanism should be worked out with our financial institutions so that the young people can own shares in Grenlec, can get raised revenue to buy shares, and their dividends go to service these loans from the GDB and other indigenous and local um, uh, financial institutions. This is yet another opportunity, another opportunity as suggested by you, which we fully endorse for locals, for governments to ensure that locals own a greater stake in Grenlec by issuing shares to the hundreds of teachers and public workers who own, who sorry, who are owed the the um four percent and so more Grenadians will own more of Grenlec. So we trust that the unions 
will find time to sit together and discuss from their point of view the merits and demerits of the suggestion and to refine it if they if they find it at all attractive which i believe they will but they should refine it and make a solid proposal to government which i don't see how a government in good faith acting in good faith can turn down because their complaint is they do not have the money to pay they acknowledge they have to pay but they do not have the money to pay so here is a solution which would not require the government to come up with too much hard cash right now and so it is something the unions may want to consider whether they they accept it in relation to the 4% owed and the dock salaries it is something for them to consider but i must say um to you my brother i commend you on the proposal and um i am glad we are discussing it here on this forum because i do believe it has merit and i urge prime minister michel to put his ego aside and to understand that you don't always have to win it's not it's not you're not a bigger man by always winning so i will i will repeat what you say put his ego aside and consider this as a suitable resolution of the matter thanks again terry and have a good day everyone bye bye so what are your thoughts on the on this new proposal the 4% proposal, proposal issue and i think all the unions have to come out not just the teachers and i think everybody just depending on the teachers to do it and we should all come together as one and do it and not just say okay the teachers yeah because it's beneficial to us all in the long run not just the teachers all right great it could be an investment for them for say because no they go have shares in a, a, a legitimate business which will bring things to happen for them and the kids so i mean that's a great proposal and i think they should go for they should go forward with that all right thank you where your mask is the best thing where your mask keeps sanitizing so when you're ready for the remedy the lime and the honey and the ginger boost your immunity where your mask is the best thing where your mask keeps sanitizing so when you're ready and you feel okay take your vaccine right away this has been a public service announcement from the national democratic congress
Coming up now is the extended interview which I held recently with the GBN regarding the subject matter of how we can move the Grenada economy forward. And uh, this is coming to you as a result of public demand. Uh, this morning, Mr. Forrester, let's, um, let's deal with the economic side of, of things. Uh, right now, Grenada, like the rest of the world, is going through uh, tough economic times, um, mostly because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and I think it's time we started discussions on, we as a country, started discussions on the way forward, how we can bounce back, how we can get the economy going again. Do you have any thoughts on, first of all, the current economic uh, climate, as well as how we can move the way forward for Grenada? Well, thank you very much indeed, uh, Lawson. Yes, indeed, uh, we do have quite a challenging economy on our hands uh, at this point in time. And um, our government, therefore, needs to be creative and to involve the people in the highest possible way in order to assist the nation, the country, in getting out of this economic morass which we're in. We really do need to produce our way out of debt. We have a very high debt stock on our hand, which continues to grow. And um, we really do need to produce our way to prosperity. We need good quality, long-term jobs in this country. We have to start adding value to what we have. We have to start exporting so as to earn revenue and thus, you know, stabilize our job market and our economy. Our continued consumption of foreign products helps to keep foreign workers in jobs. We therefore need to build on the things which we already have. Be good at it. Target select markets with selected products. In other words, we need a new economy. We need a new roadmap to move forward, a new thinking, a true national development plan. And um, in essence, we need to renew our mind and to transform ourselves because the battle is in our mind. And we, we can only be defeated based on what we believe. We need to manifest our greatness and be encouraged because these are, these are difficult and challenging times. We need to recognize that the world is now moving away from industrialization to AI, which is artificial intelligence. And we need to prepare our young people for the shift. Our prime minister has been minister responsible for science and technology from since I, I believe year 2000, it's now 21 years. We do not have a science and technology park, so we can attract our young people who are skilled, who are talented, so that they can expand themselves and flourish. We need to be aware as to what is happening in the world and get on board. And more importantly, we need to do more SWOT analysis in this country. Every single action can determine a SWOT analysis. What is a SWOT? It's to determine your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. It's a four quadrant. It's a, it's a strategic, a business strategic planning tool. 
It's a matrix, a matrix that analyzes internal and external cause and effects, positive and negative. So take, for example, the, the, the present disputes and protests by the teachers. Our government should have carried out a SWOT analysis of the situation to say to them, should I pay up? Should I find the resources and pay up and save the country national embarrass, embarrassment? And that SWOT analysis would give a clear indication to government as to the way forward. I am not certain whether if our government uses this, this uh, matrix, this collaborative dynamic matrix, I don't know. But leadership is needed in our country today. A leadership that listens, gives good direction with vision and policy. So we need so much in this country at this point in time. We need to prepare, especially our young people, for the challenges ahead. Skills training is something that we should have on ongoing now for years and years. We have to get away from having to import or to Trinidad or Miami or another country individuals to carry out simple tasks. We have to prepare and train our people for the, the, the limited job opportunities. They're already limited, and still we have to import. And when we import foreign labor, we are not insisting upon these foreign contractors. Your license is subject to you taking on one or two young persons as apprentices so that in time to come, we can build capacity in this country. This is what is happening for over 25, 30 years. We have not built capacity in this country. And we continue to lose the limited capacity which we have because of poor decision-making processes. We have to change. We must change. There is a need for change. And I'm calling on the people of Grenada to insist, to insist on the things that are required and that are necessary for the upward momentum and development of our country. We can leave the politics out of it. Let's look at the economic survival, because this is what is necessary. We must insist upon a science and technology park. We must say to the government, this has been promised for over 20 years, and we now need for this to happen, so that the young people can start getting themselves trained in producing stuff and preparing themselves for the future. So this national development plan has to be different. It, it must inculcate strategic planning, and we need to challenge our ambassadors abroad. I'm not saying some of them are not doing a good job, but they need to hit the road and hit the road hard, knock on doors, and say to large entities, corporations, businesses out there, this is what Grenada can offer and we can produce and provide container loads of this particular product to you. So an NDC administration will be insistent upon ambassadors to leave the champagne and the wine glasses for a while. We need to see you producing and help produce our way out of this massive 
debts that we have on our hands. And as I said, I don't want to accuse any, falsely accuse any of our ambassadors out there. I'm sure most of them are working hard. But we need to see the evidence of their hard work. And this is what is necessary. We need to engage our diaspora much more. We need to engage our retirees much more locally and in the diaspora, simply because they are sitting on wealth of knowledge, and therefore we need to use that. So we need to carry out a database as to how many retirees we have, their knowledge, their skills base. We also need to do a database with people who are unemployed. What are the skill sets? What experiences do they have? What they would like to do? And how we can develop training opportunities for them. If we don't do this, in the next 10 years, we're going to be finding ourselves with serious, serious challenges. And we need to develop our agro-industries. There are just so much we can do. A friend was saying to me only yesterday, a young man in Antigua, he was given 15, 16 acres by the government to plant onions. And within one year, he was able to gross over $2 million in the production of just onions. Sometimes I see truckloads of onions from the port, and I just shake my head. I say, we can produce this stuff here. We can produce potatoes. We can produce just so many other products which we import. And it's, it really saddens me. And it came to light more in the 2018 election process. When I see truckloads of cement blocks coming out of Trinidad, and I said, but what is really going on with our people and our government? If our block manufacturers have a shortcoming with respect to uh, equipment, manufacturing equipment, know-how, etc., it is part of the responsibility of a caring government to call in block manufacturers and say, hey, we need for you to step up your game because contractors can get blocks out of Trinidad much cheaper. What assistance do you need? Is it equipment, technical know-how? What is it? How can another country produce cement blocks, pay import duties, pay shipping, and still undercut you? Something is wrong with that picture. We have all that is required here. We have the cement. Of course, you have to import that. But you have all the aggregates. You have the labor. It's a simple process. So that way you can create sustainable long-term jobs just in that one little sector. We're also importing bread out of Trinidad. Now, give me a break. Bread? You know, so these are the things that our government need to look at and really shake our people into realization that we can do it. We can do it. But we just need to manifest our greatness, be encouraged, and act on our dreams. That's basically what it is. It's, it's not a magic formula. Absolutely not. But we need this new thinking. And basically, this is it. You, you know, um, just, just another item, Blossom. I see, for example, you have the debushing program and grass is cut on the side of the road. What happens to it? It's dumped somewhere. Rather than we are creating a, a, a farm so that this grass can be fed to animals for our own protein use. Local 
Look, for example, a, a, a small island like uh, Aruba and Curaçao. They're almost desert land. They are producing dozens of products from aloes. Aloes does not need any kind of nourished soils to grow. We can, we, we are growing aloes here. Matter of fact, I have a whole set in my yard. We can grow aloes here on the side of the road. Keep the grass down. Then you harvest it at the appropriate time, bring it to a factory, and start producing added value products. The people who have been given the, the Bushin program, they can now move in to assisting farmers in helping them to clear their lands, replant. We got to get serious about our agriculture sector so that we can start creating and developing long-term, good quality, sustainable jobs. So when the real shocks come about as a result of what is going to, or what may happen out there in the international community, it's going to hit us hard still, but at least we'll have something to fall back on. So training, skills training, absolutely necessary. We should have started this decades ago. The fact of looking at what we import, imagine down to lettuce, cabbage, carrots, all these stuff are being imported. Something has to be wrong. So we got to change the dynamics and challenge our people, provide the assistance necessary, establish the appropriate financing. I know there are challenges with respect to repayments and all that, but there are measures that can be introduced so as to minimize the situation. And government has to take that responsibility. There are just too many persons unemployed in this country. The unemployment rate is probably closer to 50-60%. This is dangerous. In a small island like Grenada, this is not healthy. So we got to change this situation and create this new roadmap so that we can move from where we are to where we want to be. So I'm, going, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but we got to start. If you never start, you never get there. So, Mr. so Mr. why do you think some of these things are not taking place? Why do you think that uh, there are so many suggestions that you've made? Have you even reached out to the powers that be? Um, maybe not you personally, but the party hmm. to see that these things can actually be put in place and we can actually start to generate some more economic activities in Grenada? Blossom, it's about the mindset of the leadership. If the leadership has a mindset that I'm not interested in agriculture, my father was a farmer, he died a poor man, which is which I don't believe, um, then nothing happens. And what, what occurs is that that thinking transcends into the communities and therefore everyone soaks it up. And what happens? Everybody lays back and wait on the government. The dependency syndrome has taken so much root in this nation that people have to almost relearn how to work. You cannot build a nation on handouts. It's a very temporary situation. And I'm not saying that some individuals may not require or need assistance from government, but too many strong, well, built individuals are just sitting home waiting on this handout. 
and we need to give them a hand up, give them a good quality job to go to. For example, if we have agro-processing plants throughout the, throughout the country, these same folks who are receiving these handouts, they would feel much more gratified to know that they're getting up in the morning to go to a job where they can earn a living and feel confident that they have produced. It is not a good psychological feel for anyone to sit and just expect things coming in. It's, it may feel good for a few, a few weeks, a few months, but eventually it takes a toll on your psychic. You must feel that you are producing and doing something for your family, for your country, for your neighborhood. And we got to shift. We must make that shift. Um, take, for example, St. Andrews. After Pearl's Airport was shut down in 1985, which is about probably 36 years ago, absolutely nothing was done to resuscitate any form of economic activity for the rural economy. We have a depressed rural economy. The folks out there are just totally depressed. And we had to be thankful to God that he has kept these people together from, you know, going down a road that we all would not like. But we have to do something, and I've expressed before, that the loan which exists now for the Point Celine Airport, its upgrade, etc. I'm not saying that a part of it is not necessary. Surely the resurfacing of the, run, of the runway is key because it has to meet international requirements and standards. The rest of the project, as far as I'm concerned, is not necessary at this point in time. A large portion of this money should go to resuscitating the Pearls Airport so that we can start generating fresh fruit, flowers, vegetables, etc., for export onto Point Celine and eventually onto the international markets. And this is where I will challenge our ambassadors to say, get off your comfortable chairs, go out there, knock on doors, and find markets for our products. And I'll make absolutely no joke with them on this, quite honestly. I'll say it to them very boldly. If you don't perform, even you six months, if you can't find markets for the farmers, for the products, then you're not doing a good job. How will the NDC, Very simple. How can the NDC make these things happen? Because it's easy, you know, being on the outside, looking in and seeing what can be done. But it's different kettle of fish when you actually get into the position. Uh, how can the NDC, even from the outside, not even if you form the next government, from the current position that the NDC is in now, how can you assist with making these things happen, with um, boosting the economy? Um, the importation of bread still plays on my mind. Uh, ensuring our ambassadors, you know, step up like you, you want them to. What role can the NDC play now, today, May 11th, 2021? Well, this is just the beginning of the assistance the NDC can provide. By this very forum, I hope and trust that government representatives are listening in because we need to have this paradigm shift. We need a shift. We need a new economy. We need a new roadmap. 
Otherwise, we are going to bung away. And in a very, very serious and difficult way. We cannot continue to have young people between 20 and 30 unemployed doing nothing. It's dangerous. This is the most productive years of their lives. And unfortunately, the Imani program, while I have no problems with it in its, let's say, framework, but it needs to enable and strengthen these young persons in futuristic permanent job opportunities. Training again is fundamental. Skills training must be a part of the Imani program. You have to train our people so that we do not have to continue importing labor from outside just to fix a simple motor in a boat at GYS. You have to bring somebody from Trinidad to rewind it, etc. And I'm talking about simple matters. We have to train our people, for example, to fix dialysis machines. There's no need that we should have to bring someone in from outside in order to service them. For example, we don't need to be constantly having to replace our CEO at the Ministry of, of Tourism by a non-Grenadian. I'm not opposed to Caribbean nationals or anyone obtaining job opportunities in Grenada because lots of our people are engaged outside. But you can't tell me for over 20 years you cannot find a suitably qualified Grenadian to hold such a top post. It means that your futuristic planning is nowhere there. In other words, you're not interested in the forward momentum and development of your people. That's, that's the simple answer to that question, because there is absolutely no understanding. And even with the last folks who applied, have they been offered scholarships to say, well, you didn't cut it because you were under par? And this is the reason. Have we given them scholarships to go abroad to now sharpen their skills and come back in the next few years in order to take up such a position? In other words, we have to start protecting our jobs as much as we can locally. And part of doing that is the training, training, training. But more importantly, we cannot continue to be abusing the health and strength of our young population through the Imani program. Some of them have been sitting there for eight, 10 years. They don't have a job contract. They don't have permanent employment. They cannot go to courts or any institution and say, I want a loan or I want to buy this. Here is my, let's say, job letter. Because they are on some kind of contract. And I think I heard recently that the prime minister announced that many students after two years will now get a contract. Now, what kind of contract are you talking about? They are different contracts. So are they able to now take this to some entity, the private attorney or someone else to say, review this for me before I sign, etc.? We cannot continue to use our young people in such a manner that is not going to propel them into the future, into economic stability. As the years roll on, 
they have to start showing things. They want to buy a piece of land, they want to buy a car, they want to build a little home, etc. So we we got to be mindful of these things as we move forward. Hence the reason why I say we need a serious shift, a new roadmap as to how we move forward so that we can bring and take everyone along with us to prosperity. That's the reality. Well, let's take a break, Mr. Forrester, and then we're going to come back and field questions from our viewers and listeners. This is To The Point on Classic and GBN. We'll be right back. Do you hear what I hear? Listen to the ocean and you will hear a cry for help. The ocean is hurting and we are the source of the hurt. But we can stop and start to heal our ocean by preventing pollution from getting into our waterways. It can start with you. Join an active organization, or better yet, make a personal commitment. Commit not for just one day in the year, but for the rest of your life. Let's dispose of our plastic and other waste responsibly, and let's start building resilience. Let the healing begin. This message is brought to you by the OECS Commission with funding from the Government of Norway. Remlet, tackling ocean pollution from turf to surf. Welcome back to To The Point. We're speaking with member of the NDC, Mr. Terence Terry Forrester. Um, let me see. Let me ask this question before we go to the uh, phone lines. Uh, Mr. Forrester, over the weekend, um, you conducted an interview with former uh, political leader of the NDC, Nazim Burke, and one of the standout points that came out of that interview was his uh, comment in, um, which said... He was uh, seeking spiritual guidance on if he should return to politics. Um, and that spurred the question, is it that he was asked to return by the NDC? Do you have that kind of information? Not that, not that I'm aware of, but um, I do agree with him that uh, making such a decision is indeed a very huge one. And uh, he needs to consult with his maker. We all have to. Um, when we are entering into, you know, such massive uh, undertakings. You know, in life, <laughs> Blossom, some people walk and some run. And there are some people who will flourish and blossom quickly, while others may take a little bit longer. But it's all in God's plan. You know, I'll share something with you from the Bible. Jacob saw in Joseph a fine son. And his other brothers, 10 of them, saw in Joseph a useless brother. And you would know the story of the travelers. They saw in Joseph someone that they could sell into slavery. And even when Joseph got into Egypt, the prison guard saw Joseph as another prisoner for the king. But the king saw in Joseph a very fine servant. You know what? Every one of them was wrong. Because God saw in Joseph a potential prime minister of Egypt. So be encouraged as to what God sees in you and not what people see in you. You know, it does not matter what your age is. That's why God chose Abraham. 
And it does not matter your expertise. That's why God chose David. It doesn't matter about your past. He chose Paul. It doesn't matter about your gender. This is why God chose Esther. And it does not matter about your appearance. That's why he chose Zacchaeus, the shortest one of them all. It does not matter about your career. That's why God chose Mary Magdalene. He does not matter about your fluency of speech. That's why he chose Joseph, sorry, Moses. So God has his plan for each and every one of us. And we should all follow our passion and ask God for the appropriate guidance always. Live your dream and consult your maker and he shall guide you appropriately. And I want to give this message in particular to every young person in this country who has a dream to pursue those dreams and pray for guidance because the best of you is yet to come. Grenada needs you at this point in time. Grenada needs you, young people. Let's go to the phone lines. The landline number 435-2041. That's also the WhatsApp number. Please only written messages on WhatsApp. And you can continue to post your comments, questions, queries, concerns on Facebook and YouTube. Good morning, caller. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Go right ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. I wanted to say seem to be very eloquent, but I'll take out the word seem. You are very, very eloquent. And you have oh, thank some you, sir. good ideas. I'm asking thank you, you sir. before I ask you another question, do you um, ever put for those um, ideas in the different, and underline the word, the different organization, political organization in which you were? And why is it that possible, possible, these people in the different organization do not take your ideas and put them and um, use them? Now, I want to ask you a particular question in connection. How would you deal if somebody asks you, what's the status of the vaccination, which means to say the number of people vaccinated and who were vaccinated? Um, in other words, would you try to tell them, educate them positively or negatively? Maybe I explain. Let me see if I could explain that. Would you tell them that not many frontline workers are taking the vaccination. Would you, do you think that this is negative education? I hope you understand what I'm talking about. Thank you very much. Thank you, caller. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, caller, for your questions. And for the first part, I'd say yes. Uh, I grew up in an uh, agricultural farm, uh, family. The foresters are well known um, in Birch Grove, Paraclete, and in the St. Andrews area for agriculture you know, development. And this has always been in me. And therefore, my answer to that question would be, yes, I've always shared uh, that passion for agriculture because I believe this is the foundation of this country's growth and development. We can do the other things, tourism and all the other aspects of development, but we must never forget from whence we came from and ensure that is well fortified and it will always be a backbone to the entire nation. That's where our strength comes from. On the other matter, I believe that so far the government has done a reasonably good job with respect to COVID. And um, I think at this point, with respect to vaccination, 
the political directorate needs to step back a bit and allow the medical professionals to step forward. We need much more education because there's just so much controversy out there that people can put their hands on from the internet, social media, etc. It is creating significant confusion in the minds of the population. And I can't blame individuals for being a little bit conservative or worrisome with respect to uh, this matter. But education is necessary if we are to move forward in this vein. And um, the government has a, a serious challenge on its hand, but if they would only be creative and put this matter in the form of campaigning, it may be easier. It's during a campaign you go house to house and you sell your story. You convince and influence people. Why aren't you doing the same thing today? Why aren't you involving other political parties and say, look, this is a national matter. I am providing you with X financing so that you can go out there and assist in spreading the information of truth with respect to that particular matter. And you must give people choices at the end of the day. Our people need choices. Because again, you hear all sorts of conflicting stories and you can't blame citizens for being worrisome in this atmosphere. A question on WhatsApp. What's your stance on taxpayers' money funding political offices, be it government in power? We see $10,000 per month goes to each constituency for political work. It's you, it used to be 1500 And in addition, housing officers, personal assistants, seed workers, all paid by the state but operated from political offices. How will this be handled? It is most unfortunate that um, this is occurring and uh, we see more and more of uh, taxpayers' dollars being used for political agendas. And uh, this is not right. This is not proper. A political party must generate its own finances to run its show. And the tax dollars is for the development of the nation, creating jobs, opportunities, ensuring that our hospitals have adequate supplies, that our schools are looked after, etc. That is the reason for it. Now, when you compare Grenada to the other Caribbean islands, we probably have one of the largest social programs maybe throughout the entire region. Any country that spends that large sums of money on social programs is heading down a road of disaster. I am not saying that we don't need to spend for social programs. There are some people in need, but we need to start lifting people up rather than keeping them down. And this has been an unfortunate policy for too long. And the longer you continue with it, it means that you are sacrificing the labor force of this country. Some people may probably forget how to work. And this is not good for production. So this is why I say we need a new mindset and we need a, a new roadmap. And we need a shift so that we can bring everybody up with us and create the opportunities this is why I was talking about Pearls Airport. We need to resuscitate that airport 
bring back economic activities to St. Andrews, to St. Patrick, parts of St. David's, start putting money in the pockets of Grenadians so that this economy can start picking up and get people back to work. We need to establish small factories, entities, so that we can get going. People ought to be working 24-7 in this country. Morning shift, afternoon, evening, night shift. Adding value to what we have. We have too much in this country going to waste by way of good quality fruit, vegetables, etc. Take, for example, we have now won what, 14 or 15 gold awards in England at the flower show. You tell me how much flowers are we exporting to the UK and to other countries? Absolutely, almost nil, but we have won gold. How do you explain this scenario? A small country like Grenada winning gold year after year, year after year, and we can't even export a container load of flowers to the UK? Something is wrong with this picture drastically wrong with this picture. It means that the leadership, something is fundamentally wrong with the leadership. Because a nation cannot win gold and say to me, you can't export a container load. Somebody's not doing the work. Maybe the, maybe the high commissioner in London is sitting on his or her laurels. And this is the challenge our NDC administration will place upon any and all of our representatives out there. You've got to produce or come back home. Very simple. All right, back to the landline. Good morning, caller. Yes, good morning, citizen. Welsh greetings and good morning to citizens. I wonder if I should say citizen for um, Forrester. Listen, Mr. Forrester. Good morning. Good morning. You know, I don't flatter people. You speak the truth. You say things as they are. You've made references to many, many paradoxes. One of the most significant ones you made a, a while ago was that related, that related to the increase of the social network. <laughs> huh? mm -hmm. yep. Safety network. Yet we say that our economy is vibrant and growing and whatnot and whatnot. Isn't that strange? Isn't that Very. strange as you just said that we... Winning gold and otherwise spontaneously in um, flower shows, but we can't produce sufficient flowers for export. All these things are happening, my dear friend. And we're seeing all these things happening. But the government of the day abuses the so-called constitution, abuses the so-called laws from it, abuses the people. Deprive the people of their fundamental rights, even rights established by United Nations conventions, and otherwise, and otherwise, and the list goes on. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being part of the program, and uh, sure look forward to having you next week again. Donate to democracy. It's easy. Just Google NDC Grenada. Click the donate button on the NDC website. Click the amount you want to donate. Enter your card details and you're done. Thank you for donating to democracy. From the National Democratic Congress. Putting people first.